0: However, I think the important thing is that I would be in these communities regardless if I was sponsoring them or not. And I think that's the big difference.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Joel Pumath, host of the Community-Led Growth Show. Today I'm joined by Nick Bennett, Director of Account-Based Marketing and Community at Alice. Thanks for being on the show, Nick. How is everything Uh going with you? I am super
0: happy to be here with you, Joel,
1: like beyond excited, so thank you. Awesome, well, let's dive right into it. So give our listeners a quick 30 second background on yourself, career professional, professional, whatever you wanna share with them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in like the failed marketing world slash ABM for the last nine years for various tech companies mostly in startups and high growth uh, and have gone through acquisitions. I've ridden the wave and my whole mantra is high risk, high reward. And so, uh, like you mentioned, I'm leading ABM and community over at Alice. We're a B2B smart gifting platform and um, I am all about community and supporting it.
1: So excited. Nice. Well, on that note of community and that you're really passionate about it, why did you get so passionate about it? Cause I feel like it's still a relatively emerging thing in the B2B tech space right now. So like, what made you say like, I wanna own it and create it and build it here at Alex?
0: Yeah, you know, I think that the pandemic probably has uh, helped shift a lot of people's mentalities, especially marketers we're so used to doing things and trying to figure out ways to level ourselves up. And everyone turned to community during, during COVID, especially when it first happened back in like March of 2020. And so you started to see all these micro communities pop up and i am you know, I'm members of Rev Genius and Pavilion and I was in peak for a little bit. And I'm in, uh, you know, I have my own field marketing group as well. And so like, I have all these different communities. And so B2B company specifically in Alice, we were like, you know, hey, there's a great opportunity to sponsor some of these communities. Thursday night sales is another one that we we look at. And so we don't have an internal community of like, hey, we're going to create a Slack group of customers or whatever. We instead kind of go with like a, a an outward momentum. Facing thing, and so we sponsor. There's about four communities. We're actually looking at a fifth one right now. Um, and so within these communities, we leverage a bunch of bunch of, bunch of different pieces. However, I think the important thing is that. I would be in these communities regardless if I was sponsoring them or not. And I think that's the big difference. You have some of these companies that sponsor these communities, but they're not involved in them. And so when you come to make these asks, it's like, well, who are you? Like you haven't been here for the last year and a half. Um, And so that's another important piece when sponsoring the communities that we do. Are we already involved with them? Like half of our team does Thursday night sales every Thursday. And so it just makes sense from like a logistical standpoint too. Um,
1: and we're just, we're, we're really doubling down on that in 2022 as well. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. So on that note of you sponsoring communities, cause that's kind of the two sides, either you sponsor a community or many or you're building your own and it's an owned community for your company. So how do you guys evaluate the communities that you guys decide to sponsor or decide not to sponsor?
0: Yeah, it's it's a good question. Um, And so, you know, we have like... We kind of take it on a case by case basis. And luckily it's, you know, some sponsorships are like a, a year run. However, some of them are only like a six month like run. So you can kind of like get your feet wet and like play around with it for a little bit and see if it's worth it. Um another big thing is if our competitors are sponsoring these communities typically they only let one say gifting platform in and so if it's something that you want to kind of like have a stronghold on that community and box out any of your competitors you kind of like keep it going for a little bit but whoever is like that first person there is, is important, you know a good example. Take Rev Genius for example. Um, Sendoso was sponsoring them for a while. and so their sponsorship was coming up. They were kind of changing some, some folks on their marketing team. And so they had to end their spart- uh, partnership for a little bit. And so I immediately, we hopped in and it's funny because they're trying to get like back in right now, but it's like, you know, you once you get in there, it's like, especially these bigger communities, you just got to kind of keep it going as long as you're seeing the results that come from it. And so another big important piece is, are these communities where our ICP is, where our named accounts in ABM targets are? Because let's be honest, like, it's word of mouth of how people buy products most days. Um, And so they're not, you know, yeah, maybe they're checking G2 or, you know, cap or whatever else, but like, ultimately they're going to leverage these communities to say, Hey, who's using a gifting platform right now, who's doing X, Y, Z. And if you can be part of that conversation and show that you're engaged in that community, it's just going to benefit you in the long run.
1: Definitely. No, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And then on that note that you just mentioned of you have you're in these communities, you're trying to show the ROI consistently to then renew your contracts always. Do you ever kind of run into the problem of they want to renew you at higher rates? And you're just wondering if that higher rate equals enough ROI still for you and Alice team. And if so, how do you then go about that? Because I feel like that that's something that some communities have really done too is almost price people out of it because they keep trying to, like, they love working with you, but then are like, we just need more and more money for various things that they need versus keeping in mind your needs as a marketer and sponsoring company.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely true. And it's, it's, you know, right now, there's I don't want to say there's like a great way to show an ROI and I was actually talking to Dan over at Chili Piper because he's also you know we sponsor a lot of the same communities together and so we were having that conversation of like hey what metrics do you look at when evaluating if these communities are the right piece. And so we kind of had a little bit of a conversation, but I think part of it is you just have to understand from your gut. One, if you're active in these communities, you're going to know because you're in there every single day. If it's something where you're just sponsoring and you pop in once a month or once a quarter or whatever it is, like you're never going to truly understand because you're not really part of that community. You're just there to... Do a webinar, send out a newsletter, whatever it is. But if you're in there every single day asking questions, hopping on round tables with other folks, like just doing networking sessions, that's going to hopefully give you a better sense of, like, hey, you know, this does make sense. Um, and then sometimes it's just like, hey, it, you know, it's just a logical, uh, like, piece to continue this conversation because one, the member growth is continuing to go up. If they're not trying to jack up the price too much, and you can get a, you know, squeeze a few extra things out of them in that sponsorship, because these sponsorships agreements, for the most part, you know, they're very customizable and you can kind of have a lot of input into what you want as part of like a community sponsorship. And so like, you know, for the Rev Genius one, for example, we get, a, we get a lot of out of it, you know, we have RevCon coming up. Like we have like a bunch of webinars that we do with them, newsletter blasts, like all these different pieces. Thursday night sales is another thing. Like we gift people that attend Thursday night sales occasionally. And so obviously being a gifting platform that really helps get our name out there when we're doing events like that, we can kind of, as part of our sponsorship agreement, we give them X amount of dollars in gifting. And it's a nice
1: like barter between the the two of us. That's awesome. And that makes a lot of sense. Literally getting Alice in front of your potential and prospective customers and then getting them using it like they're a buyer or like like their end customers would. That's amazing. I love that tactic so much. (laughs) In terms of shifting a little bit away from sponsoring community solely, what types of things do you really look for in the communities that you guys sponsor in terms of are there qualities, are there outside of just the ICP living and breathing that community, what are their qualities, are there um, unique other like unique characteristics because community isn't just, it's this one singular thing every single time it's very gray, not a black, and white thing. So I think a lot of people also struggle with trying to identify the right communities for them and, or their company to be part of and or sponsor. So any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is you have a good understanding. Again, if you're already part of these communities and so like, you know, uh, I probably level myself up as a marketer because of these communities. Like that's honestly LinkedIn and community is where I get most of my information. I don't read books. I barely listen to podcasts outside of Chris Walker's podcast. Um, and so like, I don't listen to audiobooks. Like I try to, Get most of my information that I don't know through networking with people in the community, seeing people that are asking different questions. For example, like someone was talking about like how to drive um, really well LinkedIn conversational ads, and so that's something that I was personally launching a few weeks ago. And so, like I was trying to just get as much information as possible. Like, could I have? read a book or did something else to figure it out probably, but like, I would just much rather ask like five different people and be like, Hey, how are you doing this right now? And so if you're in these communities, it just goes back to like, Hey, you know what the community membership looks like. You understand the makeup of all these people. Is it mostly us-based or Canada-based or is it mostly international-based? Cause I am in a, I'm in a Slack group. That's mostly, I would say like, 80% international. And so like a lot of things that they do just kind of, it. it's, it's nice. Cause I get to meet new people, but like, it just doesn't help me dictate a strategy that like, mostly like I need people that as our business focuses in the U S and Canada, like focusing there. And, um, that's been really, really helpful, but it just, you just, you just got to figure out where to spend your time and the questions to ask. And then you hopefully will have that information to dictate like what, you know, communities do I want to sponsorship or be a part of?
1: Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. And then for the communities that you guys are part of and involved with, do you guys talk about like what the future looks like in relation to your sponsorships to say like, yes, the future is also something that we're are invested in and we are connected to not just the here we are right now phase, but then here we go in two years, five years, 10 years, maybe make sure that you guys are all kind of traveling in the same path.
0: Yeah. It, it's a good, it's a good question for sure. Um, so like Nina, Nina has on our team has like ran the, the community piece for a long time. And so like, I'm just kind of now like kind of picking up pieces of it. And I think, I don't know if that's conversations that we've had like that far out, because like, let's be honest, most people joined a community because of the pandemic. Like I said, when things, if things ever get back to normal in a year, two years, three years from now, like will people still double down on community? I mean, I hope so. I I mean, it's just, I think it's something that you have to take year by year and see. Um, I also think, Some of these communities are going to get bought up by other B2B companies. And so, you know, you look at like sales hacker being, you know, purchased. And so, like, is that going to happen with like Rev Genius and, you know, Peak and all these other companies? Like, obviously, it would make sense if like Terminus ever bought Peak, but like you, you have all these things. And then it's like when they do get purchased, and I'm not, I'm not in sales hacker personally, but Brooklyn's a good friend of mine. And so I wonder if it dilutes the the community, like viewpoint of that, if it's purchased by like a B2B company. So I don't know, I I think it's something where you just kind of have to live it year by year. There is a company or community that I'm engaged with right now. And so they're using a competitor to do their own gifting within the company itself, but their community focus, they want to bring us in. It's like a partnership. So like, they want to kick out that competitor. They want to purchase us possibly. And then they want to help us kind of like have a partnership. And like, we like together figure it out for their, for their members. Um, And so, you know, we're just kind of like starting to have some conversations to see if it makes sense, but things like that, where we can kind of have a larger input into like, you know, a year from now or two years from now, definitely makes sense. We just haven't really done it because it's so new.
1: No, that, that's very true and very fair. I think it's really interesting that you brought up sales hacker and outreach, that acquisition. Because I think it's, especially from outreach's perspective, one of the most underrated things ever happened in B2B, probably in the last, I don't know, 70 years, probably, because of what it essentially allowed outreach to do and propel yeah. and even the sales engagement space to really help them build and establish that category. But like you said, then it's an interesting potential like trade-off if people view it differently, because I, I know that the community is still very active. I know that they have a great community team, Katie Ray and other members of their, the sales hacker and outreach team really crush it over there on the community. But I just wonder if for any moment during that acquisition period that some people had like a switch flicker on and be like, Ooh, I don't know if I like this. (laughs) So I wonder if that'll then change and create like the next opportunity of some communities getting bought and then some communities popping up to almost replace them because people are turned off by companies buying communities
0: yeah it's it's a good question i mean i i don't know like i feel like we've hit a point where you don't see many communities like popping up anymore it was like big last year um you know a bunch of new ones came on but like now it's just like little like i don't want to say like spinoffs but like sometimes they're like spinoffs or like more niche like type things um Mm -hmm. but you don't see any of these like like Mega, like Pavilion or like Rev Genius kind of like popping up. Like they're, they're there now. They're a part of the ecosystem. But like you don't, like you might have companies spinning off and doing their own thing. But I don't think, or at least I don't know if there'll be any more like bigger ones coming out.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's a very fair thing. I would say my bet for new keys would be niching down. Mm-hmm. I think that the big ones are kind of covered between, yeah. like you mentioned, Rev Genius, Pavilion, Sales yeah. Assembly, Sales Hackers, really large, etc. But I think that now there's the opportunity of like niching down, focusing on specific areas, specific roles, specific titles, and specific industries too. Um, that really now present like the most opportunity. I think Product Marketing Alliance has done an exceptional job of speaking and really connecting to that audience product yep. marketers typically at b2b tech companies i think yeah. that they have like crushed that they own the media around it and therefore they own the market
0: yeah i, I agree with you for sure and that's why like i started this field marketing group because again One, like my whole thing when I started like putting content on LinkedIn was no one understood what failed marketing was and I wanted to evangelize for it, like to get people to understand it's more than being an event planner. Um, And so like spinning off and like creating this community that we meet monthly. You've been there um, and we just have like conversations around everything. And there's a Slack community that I didn't start, but it's still, that's just running in the background. And like, people are asking questions, but it's for Field, ABM, demand gen, and like event folks. And like, it's just, it's a really good place because sometimes you get lost as say a field marketer or ABM marketer when you're asking questions in these larger communities, because it's not all just specialized to those people. And you want to kind of like stick with like your crew and like be like, okay, you know, hey, I need to talk to like another field marketer. And like, you can create networks and relationships within these larger communities and hopefully find a few of these, but to have like access to a thousand like-minded people like you, I think that's, in, that's important too.
1: Yeah, definitely, and then you always have that, not just, hey, I have questions, but hey, what are your thoughts on XYZ from your own experience? What's working for you and how can my company and I like twist it or tilt it to make it then work for us? Because you're over here in data warehousing and we're a smart gifting platform, completely right. separate markets, ICPs, mm-hmm. everything but we're just needing like different strategies right now to help us stand out in the marketplace from other players and really just connect on a more human level. No, that makes a lot of sense. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, My last question would really be what's like the most human element or human connection or most meaningful connection that you've really like built and seen kind of come to life by being in a community.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's probably the the Rev Genius ones, like with Jared. Honestly, with Galen, and like now that they're holding Asia, DJ, like just like being one of the first people that we were on a LinkedIn message thread with at the time, I think there was actually like like 20 of us or 15 of us or something. And we would break the LinkedIn app every single day. Cause we were just like messaging back and forth. And it was like, we were trying to use it like a Slack or discord or whatever. And um, it would just crash the app because we were just literally talking back and forth all day. And um, so like, Like funny enough, I knew Jared before that a little bit. And so we started talking, he's like, oh, I'm going to create, I'm going to create a community. And, um, I was like, oh yeah, sounds awesome. I'm in. Um, because at the time I was when, when it was revenue collective, like I was a member, I'll be like a member of revenue collective almost like two years, year and a half. Um, and so like, I understood the whole aspect of community, um, And so I was like, oh yeah, it sounds awesome. And so like, I just got to really know Jared and like the whole team. And as they brought on more full-time employees, like. I think being an early adopter has really helped like foster those relationships. And I text Jared all the time. We talk back and forth and, um, we actually haven't met face to face yet, but I was, he's down in like New York and I was like, yo, whenever I travel again, or if you come up to Boston, like, let's get together and hang out. And, um, like, I just feel like he's someone that like, if I ever saw face-to-face, like it would just be like, Hey, like, as, you know, we talk all the time, like just pick up where you left off. And it would just be like a friendship like that. And I think when you can get to that point, that's when you have the ultimate success.
1: Yeah. No, that's definitely very special. And it's coming up on time. So Nick, again, thanks so much for being on the Community Like Growth Show. If people want to follow or connect with you, uh, what are the best channels and or handles for them to use. Yeah. Yeah.
0: you find me on LinkedIn. That's where I spend most of my time. Um, You can follow me on Twitter, Nick B two zero zero five. I don't, I'm not as active as I used to be on there. I gave it a little go, but LinkedIn is just kind of more of my, my jam. So find me on there, shoot me a DM, you know, add me. Uh, Let's keep the conversation going.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, Joel.